Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. I got in trouble with Tony Wiley. I got we got in trouble by the Rockets. I have been called to the carpet them. by Nelson Louise before from the Rockets. I got in trouble for war. Dude, what are you doing? I got called by the Packers security. I got in trouble with Tim Papura, John Threaten, the program director at one point. Welcome to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located inside the River House at East River Nine. Be lifted to experience the wonder of John and Lance as they commence to birdie the third hole of Del Olea. Now, that's some golf. Right. The, what is that, Del? I don't even know what that is. I mean, there are questions to be asked about what he thinks my third hole is. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. We'll be at Nick's place tomorrow today. Uh, by the way, we want you all to come on out. Nick's got all kinds of specials going on uh, for uh, his 30th anniversary. It's tomorrow, and we'll be broadcasting live from there. We're at East River 9 today. Uh, Nine-hole beautiful course. I don't know that today's the best day to play golf. Tomorrow and Saturday are going to be awesome, much better to come play golf. Sat- Saturday, they also got Blues Fest going on here. Live blues music, barbecue, college football happening from 4 to 9 p.m. this Saturday. They're going to be showing all the conference championship games on their TVs. The giant one will probably have, I don't know, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, How, How's so. that going to be? Well, it depends <laughs> on what time. They're all staggered at pretty good times. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, but, I mean, that's going to be. The hammer's going to be Alabama, Georgia. Alabama, Georgia's the best game, right? God willing, it'll be well, Florida State, Louisville. Well, no. I hope it's not a good game. I hope Louisville kicks there. Um, but Washington and Oregon is going to be a good game too. Yeah, be, is that tomorrow night? It'll be that's yeah. Pac twelve games always on Friday. On Friday, yeah. right, right. So, what do you think will be the the closest game? I think it's going to be Florida State, Louisville. I think Texas, Oklahoma State has a chance to be. You know, I was sitting on this uh, before the game. I was uh, talking to a. A staffer for the Colts, and we were talking about you know that I'd heard Dana was was going to be gone, and he goes, and then we start talking about the Aggie job also because the Aggie job had not been settled; it was not Elko at the time, I don't think. And the guy I talked to said, he said, Aggie should be going after Mike Gundy. I said, Ugh. he goes, I know, he's an a hole, and people don't really like him. He goes, Mike Gundy just wins. He goes, go look at Oklahoma State, how consistently they win. They do. Go look at how often they perform at a high level in games that, you know, where they're underdogs. He said, Mike Gundy is a really good coach. He goes, I get that his personality rubs some people the wrong way. He said, but the Aggies, if they hired Mike Gundy, he said he understands how to recruit. His team typically plays both offense and defense, and he, he has a tendency to uh, to play well in tough games. I mean, he just got done winning Bedlam against Oklahoma. And, I, I mean, I would never hire Mike Gundy because of the personality stuff and donors. and not. A, but, you know, maybe at Texas A&M a guy like Mike Gundy could have worked. Uh, I don't know. What do you, I mean, <clears throat> you think Mike Gundy is – Mike Gundy probably is a better coach than he, he gets, gets credit for. He's a better coach than he gets credit for. Listen, the A-hole thing is real. I mean, he had a mass exodus last year. A mass exodus of coaches, of players, 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 players that that left, 
But you look at what he did this year. He's in the Big 12 championship game. When he was supposed to finish middle of the pack or below with all of the exodus, that would, with all the guys that left his program. It, he is. He's a good football coach. Now, will he win at the highest? Because, you know, the Aggies are just going for national championships. That's all they, that's what they, that's what they're, that, that's all they're going for. They're not looking to just win nine or ten games, okay? Well, they're looking for national championships. Okay. And Gundy hasn't done that, has he? No. But he's uh, consistently outperformed any coach they, they've hired. Yeah, well, yeah, Who's been I a better know. coach? Anyone Texas has hired, anyone A&M has hired, or Mike Gundy? Now that you say that, I never thought about that. It's probably been Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy has been the, but much better than any coach they've had over the last 15 years, yes. A&M? Yeah. Yes. And Texas? And Texas, yes. Not 15, probably. Well? Mac was at the we're end. We're getting, yeah. yeah. Well, they went to national championship in nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. But so, at the end, Mac, it sort of fell falling apart for Mac. It did. Yeah. It, uh, so, but Mac was a better, Mac, Mac's a better coach, period. North Carolina just got a big quarterback transfer because Drake May is going to be leaving. It'll cost them. Matt Rule talked about how much the cost of a quarterback in the portal is is right now. Here is the price that you have to pay to get a good quarterback in the portal. Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So let's, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for them. Six or seven million dollar players playing for them now. So he's saying there there are teams paying one million dollars each to about six or seven players on their rosters. That's what he's saying. I guess the money's not as substantial as people think. For certain players, it is, and it's usually quarterbacks. I know a team that is going to pay a total of four hundred thousand dollars for two starting tackles. So they're looking to pay. I'm sorry. Um, Advertisers are looking to use the name, image, and likeness of young mm-hmm. people who are going to in, uh, embolden their brands to Thank the you. tune of there he goes to the tune of four hundred thousand dollars for two starting tackles from other people's teams, and so a starting tackle at two hundred thousand um, dollars. I don't know if it's per year or if it's just to come over one time. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think quarterbacks going to get? Quarterbacks going to get a lot. I they think, make the most coming out of high school. I think any, a quarterback when Nebraska comes calling is telling them it's going to take one point five for me to go play isn't in Nebraska. This, isn't this just like free agency? In uh, baseball? it's costing that. It, it Clemson is costing. I'm that sure it. it's costing that. But what my, Matt Rule is hearing is a number that's inflated because if I'm going to go to Nebraska, you you're going to shell you're going to shell it out because why would any quarterback go play in Nebraska? For what reason? They're not going to have wide receivers, good ones to throw to. They're, what's appealing about going to play well, in Lincoln? Yeah, what is what is going to be? You have to believe in Matt Rule because what is going to be? What history do you have that you got a great shot of being an NFL quarterback in, in Nebraska? We've seen though quarterbacks draw wide receivers, but those quarterbacks generally go to glamour spots or glamour programs. And Nebraska hasn't been that for a while. Nebraska isn't going to attract like they attracted Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims didn't cost one point five. You know why? Because that's what Nebraska could get. Yeah, that's what they felt. That's what they well. He landed didn't get one point five, and that's what you got. You pay. You, this is what you get what you pay for. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I I just think. Well, if you can't afford to pay that much, but Nebraska apparently can. Why he, you say apparently can? Well, apparently he's talking about. Well, it's going to cost. What's going to? I think. I think there are people out there quoting that number, and to to certain people, and then it turns out 
maybe 1.5 isn't what I'm actually going to get. But you tell why not start high and see what you can get. I think they're like Caleb Williams probably would have got 1.5, but others like Tyler Van Dyke's in the portal. Max Johnson's the guy you mentioned who's going to North Carolina. Max Johnson ain't getting 1.5 from North Carolina. Max Johnson can only go because he's graduated. By the way, Donovan Smith, if he leaves Houston, which I think he's going to, it's going to be because he's a graduate transfer. You cannot portal twice as an undergrad. Well, from what I heard is Donovan Donovan Smith is probably staying. We'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Who's the coach and how much money is he going to get offered from somebody else? Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. I'm... Is Donovan Smith going to get a lot of money the way he played this year? Uh, he played much better second half of the year. Yeah, did you see something? No, no. Cincinnati game? No, go look. Well, maybe the Cincinnati no. game, but his stats second half of the year has been, and I, has been much And honestly, better. if you look at the portal. What I, he's not a guy I would pay for. He, Let me just put it that Go way. look at Central Florida. Yeah. Go look yeah. at, at uh, Cincinnati. He And he, he is part of a portal class that isn't great right now. Now, 1.5 may entice someone who you wouldn't expect to leave. To come and go, okay, this school's going to offer me 1.5. But, like, Max Johnson's not getting that. Tyler Van Dyke's not getting that. Donovan Smith's not getting that. Getting that. 1.5 is reserved for program yeah. changers. Yeah, like it's Caleb, not. Like it, a Caleb Williams. The yeah. money is not as insane as people think. It is insane, but um, to much fewer players than you think. I, I was responsible for putting together NIL deals for John Daspit. And the money, I was a little surprised at what the going rate, because I talked to, well, I was responsible for, for a couple of teams, but. D- Dusty Stanfield, who's been in this space for a while, the who we've had in studio, when I talked to Dusty and found out what the actual numbers are for 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 a lot of players, it's actually way lower than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not. Now, the players also don't have to do as much as you think for, for certain deals. So, and then some players don't want to do anything at all, like certain wide receivers inside the state. Not Matthew. Gordon. I wonder what Arch <clears throat> Arch could get from some other school now. As as we know, the Manic, well, the Mannings care about money a lot. Seeing as how all the commercials they do and everything, and seeing that as they how do. Peyton Manning would never take anything remotely below market value to keep other great players on yeah. his team. Yeah, uh, the Mannings, he would rather Edron James left and he get all the money, which I always thought was a selfish move by by Peyton Manning at the time. Uh, yeah, well, because Brady, the thought with Brady was you know uh, deferring so much. To make no mistake about it, Brady got paid. But but Brady did, um, you he know. He played ball so he could keep players on the team. Yeah, that's right. No, he absolutely did. Um, yeah. So you looking at you got Donovan's numbers at the. Yeah, I mean, eight touchdowns over the last four games. He threw for two thirty eight one oh one oh two. He threw for one oh two and three. Oh, I'm sorry. Those are interceptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had eight interceptions over the last four games. And six touchdowns. Yeah, that's not the great second half that you were talking about. No. Uh, he had a good game against his old team, Texas Tech. So that was cool. Yeah. He put 378 on Texas. You know, his two biggest games were Texas Tech, 336, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and Texas, 378, three touchdowns and an interception. Yeah, no. He had a couple good games. Yeah, Cincinnati I don't was think not. He's, he's not getting 1.5. Cincy, no. New. No. 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 But he could go to the portal. Though. Yep. All right. You and I, uh, we've gone to the we've gone to the whip on on Billy Brown over at Aqueduct Farm. Billy, we need guys over our house like now. Please, can you get here? And the answer is yes. Billy Brown got there to our houses. We had a. I, I actually, I I called up there. Mary answered. Mary, I think we got a problem. My 
flooring is coming up, and it just appears that there's some kind of a leak here somewhere. And I thought it was in the city. And they came there right away, and boom, 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 fixed, and just fantastic. And then uh, Resto Pros came out and and did all the work that uh, you know afterwards. And and if you have damage, Aqueduct Plumbing is going to be there for you. Resto Pros is is a, a company that they use to do all the restoration, and they're fantastic as well. You're looking for the best way if you've got any problem. But how about doing some some preventative stuff too, Lance? Well, the preventative stuff is obviously the we talked about the uh, you know the um, not just the 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 hot water heaters that you have, the tankless, but also the leak testing, the leak detection. That is a huge one. Have a hydrostatic test to find out if you've got a leak because if you do, the leak's going to get worse and worse and it's going to start causing problems underneath your slab and that could turn into thousands and thousands of dollars worth of repairs that you're going to have to do. Make sure that your friends over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company are doing the little things to make sure that you are taken care of before anything becomes a major issue. It's aqueductplumbingcompany.com. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. Women bathing their dogs, you know, in uh, cut-off jeans and T-shirts and with the soap. And you know how it gets all wet and in the water. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at East River 9, where Del Olaleya is babysitting John and Lance. Now, Del, please make sure they take their naps today. Hi, right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 713-780-3776 is the number if you'd like to get in here with us. Anything that you want to talk about, you're more than welcome. We are live at East River 9. want you to come on out here, hang out, have lunch. If you're in the neighborhood, it's only just minutes from downtown. You can see downtown right, right here. It's a, a great place to come and have lunch, get your get your drink on, get your Coors Lights on out here, uh, and have yourself a, a big time. Rockets lost last night. I'm, I'm looking at a headline. How the Houston Rockets stunningly became elite on defense. Well, this was written probably before last night. Yes, it was. Um, it was written before the night before, the game before, too. Because the last couple of nights, they have looked fallible. Well, I thought they actually scrambled and played really hard the night before. Yesterday was yesterday Still was gave up Denver. a buck 21. Yeah, but, I mean, oh, by the way, I didn't the, think it was because you weren't playing with effort. I thought by the way, Scott Foster, do you know what the line was for that game? They were up. The Rockets were down four with a half a second left. They went to the replay with a half second left and gave free throws, made the two free throws, and Dallas covered. The Dallas covered the five with uh, with the fifth and sixth points on the free throw line with a half a second left. Mm. That's fi- Scott Foster. We, you got you got Scott Foster, Rockets. Well, and the better did. If you're the better, yeah. You got Scott Foster. I mean, because. In a, in a four-point game, what do you need for you? I'm just telling you right now, after watching that documentary, uh, The Untold Story, yeah. with uh, Donaghy, there's clearly other officials have been in on stuff before. Well, Scott Foster, he and Scott Foster Scott talked Foster every day. Scott Foster is one of the guys who talked every day. That's every day. right. Yeah. It was Scott Foster. You can't – it's just – that's just super sus. I don't know that anything happened there, but that's just very suspect. Um, some of the stuff. The I know you saw the Chris, you know Chris 
Paul has come out and said, look, Scott Foster and I have something personal. It, it involves my son yeah. and Scott Foster. I don't know what that means, what it is. is it, did his son yell at Scott Foster? I don't know, but I, I know this much. Probably Scott Foster said something to Paul's son. To did he make Paul's fun son. of his head or something? No, I don't think so. No. That's the Jason kid. That's kid. Jason kid. Wow, head. that's rude of you to say. It's not, I'm asking, what could what could be so personal? Probably told him, "Hey, get off the court." Scott Foster and Chris Paul's kid. Probably told him to get giant off the court melon. or something. I, I said head. You said giant melon. <laughs> he probably said something about get I didn't off the say court. Say that at all? That's on you. Yeah, and Chris Paul probably snapped back at Scott Foster, and it turned into a thing. But once it is a thing now, the NBA has got to. They now have to recuse Scott Foster from any games. Involving Chris Paul. Involving Chris Paul. You really should. If you know there's something, if Chris Paul tells you there's something, the league, Chris Paul said the league has had them come in and meet together. They both had to come in. So the league understands there's something. You can't let him ref any more of Chris Paul's games, and yet they do. Hmm. And the league ended up basically getting rid of Jake O'Donnell about his because he had such a bias against Clyde Drexler that they ended up, his last game he refed was a game where he kicked Clyde Drexler out of a playoff game against Utah. He never refed another game after that. Um, they're humans. They can have bias, too. And if there's bias, if they have a strong dislike that may, and you, we've all seen the record of Scott Foster games, playoff games against Chris Paul, it may be a coincidence. I wouldn't take a chance if I'm the NBA. I would just say no more. And they've decided it doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal because we'll continue to put him on games and have – I guess they figure Twitter's not a big deal because I don't think these stories get covered the same way on actual, I guess, traditional media. But Twitter, every time Scott Foster is is announced as a referee on a Chris Paul game, it blows up. And, oh, yeah. And the stats come out. And, and we have actual online pres- people with online presence doing – doing research about what happens when Chris Paul and Scott Foster meet up and they call it the greatest rivalry in sports. Except it's not really a rivalry if Scott Foster is a hammer and and Chris Paul's the nail. Every time. If if Scott Foster's always winning, it's not really a rivalry. But shouldn't that be embarrassing for the league? It should, but apparently that that it it calls into question the integrity of your sport. I would want to avoid that. I know my league, the NFL, would never do something like that. If we had one official that we knew, if, if... one of those real strong guys who are the officials who go, uh, uh, you know, timeout or they go First unnecessary down. conduct and they're, and they're flexing. Down. Yeah, who's just give me a name. If Jerome Bogar, if Jerome Bogar, if we knew that he had beef with Baker Mayfield, I don't think Jerome Bogar works anymore. But if he had beef with Baker Mayfield, the NFL would say, you know what, no more Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this. I'm. I think we. And they I, kick Baker out of the league. The, we all know pro sports is so. <laughs> we all know pro sports is so corrupt. Let's go to. We got to talk about a sport that's clean and and straight. There are no money problems and nothing. No improprieties. College football. We got championship weekend. John yeah. Pate is on the other side. I, uh, yes. us. Oh, let's, let's do, do that. We'll do that on the other side. We'll talk college football with Josh Pate right here on ESPN 97.5. And 92.5. So we got that going on. Right now I'm talking about college basketball. How about my guy? He's got he's got a huge event that's going to be going on. It is going to be so much fun at Toyota Center. Watch you all out there. The Halal Guys College Basketball Showcase, Saturday, December 16th at Toyota Center. How about this? UT is going to play LSU. At 11 a.m., you Texas fans, you got to be there. Support your team. You got a nice team. You got to support your team. After that, Texas A&M and U of H. I mean, these are two good teams. This is good. 
This is great college basketball, and we've got it all right here. The further school away is LSU, and you LSU fans need to get there. Support them Tigers. Everybody, all you guys, it's going to fill up, I'm telling you. Club seats already sold out. Tickets are selling fast. Get to toyotacenter.com. It makes a great early holiday gift. It's a great way to start the holidays. You know it's the holidays when you're out there watching college basketball at the highest level, and this is the highest level. Get your tickets today at toyotacenter.com. That's toyotacenter.com. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The spice extends life. The spice expands consciousness. From the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live from East River 9, you found the trench. Get in the trench. Here's John and Lance. And live at East River 9, it's time to talk a little college football with the president of Pate State, college football analyst Josh Pate joins us on Thursdays, and we missed him last week, but we got you here, Josh, now. And what a great weekend we've got coming up. And a lot of chaos. There has never, well, not a lot of chaos. There is a lot of potential chaos, but there are so many different if-then statements out there right now, so many different what-ifs. What is the one thing that could happen of all these games? What's the one thing you think that could the game that could go a different way that could change the most scenarios out there? Um, I think the Pac-12 title game, if Washington won it, I think would uh, throw a wrench in a lot of people's plans. I think a lot of people have – and when I say a lot of people, let me be clear, I think the committee and a lot of people have already projected Oregon as winning that game. And so you've either projected Oregon as in, or you've started to ask the question, what happens in an Oregon-Texas head-to-head? What happens in an Oregon-Alabama head-to-head if Alabama were to beat Georgia? I think that's one thing. Uh, The other one that technically would qualify, but I'm just not remotely ready to even entertain the possibility, and I'm going to try and not laugh as I say it, is uh, what if Iowa were to (laughs) – I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Um, if there were an upset in the Big Ten championship game, that would be the biggest wrench in the in the bicycle spokes that no one expects. But realistically, if Washington were to win that game, that one sort of it, it puts Washington in, and it also negates a lot of the hypotheticals that are being thrown around. Well, speaking of hypothetical, okay, let's say for a second that Washington uh, that that Iowa somehow found a way to upset Michigan. Are we not going to have a Big Ten? Is are we, will we will we not have a Big Ten representative in the championship series in the in the in the fourteen playoffs? Well, if we were to play the rest of it out, if we have a Pac twelve in for sure, which we would, mm-hmm. if Texas wins, we for sure have a Big Twelve in. I believe in that scenario. Uh, if Florida State wins, they're in, and I believe we have an SEC representative in either way. So yeah, I guess my answer is we would not have a Big Ten. If that were to unfold that way, now if you got Florida State also falling, then you know that that's game on again. But um, I, look, I'm struggling with that on two ends. I'm struggling with what if we don't have a Big Ten end, which is not going to happen because Michigan will win. But right. the more yeah. the more I guess realistic question is, you know, what if Alabama wins and the rest of that chalk holds, and you have to look at a playoff field come Sunday afternoon? that really doesn't include the SEC for the first time ever. That would be beyond wild to me. That's impossible. I mean, they're not going to – Alabama has to jump to four 
or Georgia has to end up at four? And can you have a not like, yeah, I, I just can't see a scenario. I, I do believe, Josh, that one SEC team will be there at minimum of one. I think there is an outside shot. Georgia would, too, if Alabama won, uh, won that game. But then um, the winner of the Pac-12 is going to make it. We know that. For me, the chaos really is I'm curious to see what happens if the chalk holds up but Florida State loses. Can Texas jump everyone and go from seven to – well, not everyone, but can they jump – they will jump Oregon. I guess the only team you're jumping really is Ohio State to get there because if if the chalk holds and Florida – I mean, and uh, Florida State is beaten by Louisville, then I think Texas is in a win-and-end situation. I think they will jump Ohio State, even though I'm not sure they're the better team than Ohio State. Yeah, well, listen, that's it's a whole separate debate we can talk about if you want. The whole better versus most deserving, which the committee stepped in big time the other day involuntarily or voluntarily. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a debate. I think they're in over Ohio State. I don't even give that a second thought. Um, I think the other thing that I'm not so sure about is I don't think that Pac-12 game is an automatic play-in. It is for Washington. I don't think it's win and you're in for Oregon. Um, I don't think the people in their building view it that way, talking to some of them. Like, they are very leery of the possibility that in a head-to-head at the end of the season, if you've added an SEC championship and win over number one Georgia onto Alabama's resume, they're very leery of the fact that they could get jumped there. So, I look, Texas, they're in a pretty good position. I, I think the only thing they would have to worry about is if all the chalk held up, then there may be a little bit of a log jam up there. But I, I still like Texas's shot. And, by the way, I think they're going to run Oklahoma State out of the building Saturday. Do you really? So, so yeah. but how do you explain Oregon being ahead of Texas? I can't. Uh, so, that's one thing I talked about on the show the other night. My philosophy always with the playoff committee has been I don't watch the show and I don't pay any attention to it until about the second to last week of the season because my philosophy is all of it will work itself out. And it's always panned out that way for me, but this year it hasn't. So the past week and really the last three days, that's the first time I dug into the resumes and the strength of schedule and the you know the game control stuff. And I realized what people have been up in arms about because Previously, I just listened to people complaining and brushed it off and said, whatever, it'll work itself out. But they're right. Texas should be ahead of Oregon. Bama should be ahead of Oregon. If you're looking at the critical metrics that the committee claims to care about, both of those teams should be ahead of them. Now, you could still say, oh, it doesn't matter. It'll play out on Sunday or Saturday. But you're, you're not necessarily painting the full picture because think about it from the perspective of an Oregon fan. You've been told by that committee, and then they've reinforced it week over week, you are better than Bama. You're better than Texas. If all you do this week is go and win a conference championship against the top five team that's undefeated, and then someone jumps you or two teams jump you, like what kind of message was that? What, what value did those rankings ever have to begin with? Welcome back to East River 9. Josh Pate with us here at Late Kick Josh. Late Kick with Josh Pate. Uh, sorry about the interruption there, Josh. We had a little, uh, this is the first technical difficulty we've ever had at the station. So this is, uh, odd, odd, odd for this to happen to us here, but we appreciate your patience. And we were talking about, uh, Texas. Well, well, so, so Alabama wins. They're, they're probably in, right? Alabama is, is in if they win and Georgia is in regardless, right? 
I don't know about that. Look, this is where I circle back to what they talked about Tuesday, and I'm really surprised that um, Hancock, the committee president, came out and said what he said. He, he did an interview, I guess, or maybe a pool-style uh, interview, and ESPN put the quote out. He said, hey, most deserving has never been in our lexicon. We've always been about getting the best four teams in the playoff, which is total BS for anyone who's followed this. But but let's just take him at his word. Let's treat that as gospel. How are you ever going to leave Georgia out? I don't care if they lose by three touchdowns Saturday. How could you leave them out? There's no planet where after four quarters against Alabama, Georgia goes from being a slam dunk number one to not one of the top four teams in the country. The That's reason true. I don't believe what he said, and the reason I believe Georgia may very well be out if they lose Saturday, is because we don't have to go back that far. TCU last year got in. Uh, you have Vegas steadily telling you several teams would be double-digit favorites against TCU, and they got in. I agreed, by the way, with them getting in because I thought they deserved a spot. But if the committee's all of a sudden going to circle back here at the 11th hour and tell me, no, 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 it's about best, it's not about most deserving, well, first off, that's a very flawed system because that's not how competition actually works. But secondly, if you're going to go by that formula, then my answer to your question would be yes. Georgia is a mortal lot no matter what. I just don't believe that's actually the case. Who are the four best teams in the country right now? I've got, uh, power rating-wise, I've got Georgia, I've got Michigan, I've got Oregon, and I have got either Ohio State or Alabama floating four or five right now. Yeah, Alabama is playing much. Now, Alabama did have that. Man, can you believe that last play against Auburn? That dude, just incredible. <laughs> I, I was in, um, I was coming back from Ann Arbor. I was about to fly home, so I was in Detroit Airport. And I, you guys have probably seen this before, but for people who have never been in a major airport when a big college football moment happens, it's crazy because it doesn't matter where you are in the country, there are going to be scores of people just crowded around restaurant TV monitors. And when that catch happened, you could hear it echo all the way up and down the terminal. People went crazy just in Detroit randomly going crazy watching the Iron Bowl. It was a very surreal experience as someone who's been at that game multiple times to see it from a distance. I mean, what a loss, though, for <laughs> what a loss for Auburn to lose in that manner. DJ James, a really good cornerback. You know, I don't think I, – I, I saw the Auburn, some Auburn fans. He pushed off offense. Listen, that's the hand fighting in the end zone. No one's ever calling that. you got to get a stop on fourth and 30 or whatever. Like, that's got to it's be one a of the stop. biggest plays in that, in that rivalry's history. It, it is. It's going to be called something. I don't know no. what the game is being called or what the play is being called, but it's, it's got to be called something. I tried to make fourth and victory a thing, but it didn't happen. It didn't take on the Internet. So see what you can do on that, Josh. But um, – <laughs> I uh, Josh, he don't like fourth. You know, I'm just not, I'm just not sold on on Jalen Milrow. But I'm wondering, Josh. You know, I look at things through an NFL lens. Am I being too hard on Jalen Milrow, the college quarterback, because he has gotten better this year? His statistics are better. He does throw a good deep ball. Um, Can he? Is this? This isn't the same Georgia team as last year. I mean, do they have a legit shot? Uh, Lance, I think they're going to win the game. So yeah, I think they do have a legit shot. All right, here's what I'll say. Well, here's what I would ask, because you and I have had this discussion before. You know that I think the world ends when a guy leaves college. I'm just a college guy. Right. You're, you're watching them come towards you in college. I'm, walking, I'm watching them walk away from me when they leave college. But um, I think about Hurts uh, when he first was starting at quarterback for Bama. 
I don't really remember what the NFL community said. I can't imagine it was too glowing, though. Now, I never really cared. I thought, hey, good for him. He's getting a shot at Bama. Then he got a shot at Oklahoma. But I just remember how that evolved. And I'm not saying Milrow is Hurts 2.0. I'm using that as a point of reference to say, if we're acknowledging that he's improving week over week, really that's good enough for me because he's not going out this year. So he would have at least one more year left. Maybe he just keeps improving. And maybe he is a guy that five years from now you're saying, can you imagine that this guy turned into this? I remember what I used to think about him. And now, wow, I know that's the exception to the rule, but I'm always willing to hold out hope. In the meantime, I don't think Georgia can expose Bama's biggest vulnerability, and that is pass pro. Georgia's got a grand total of one linebacker with more than one sack. I think they've got a linebacker with one sack. Like, that's it. So they don't have elite edge guys. Uh, they get they get pressure in bunches, but they are susceptible to giving a guy time to throw. Bama has spread the ball around. It is not one or two receivers doing the job for them. They've had games where nine or ten guys caught balls recently, and I really think Milrow will get some on the ground. I think he'll get some explosively through the air. It's interesting, Georgia, for all the accolades on their defense, they're in the 60s in third down defense touchdown percentage allowed. So if you get down there, you can score on them. My biggest concern is Bama's banged up in the defense front. So if Georgia can sustain drives on them and if Beck is on, then it may be a moot point. But, you know, Arnold and McKinstry are the two best corners he will have gone against this year. I think Dallas Turner is probably one of the best, if not the best, pressure guys that they face this year. So, I mean, the heat gets turned up on both teams. It's not just a pressure cooker for Bama. I think it's interesting that they're they're also the – Alabama's also the hunted – and, I mean, they're the hunter, not the hunted this time. Like, for the first time, really, because remember, Alabama whipped Georgia the first time last year, and then Georgia got the, the get-back in the SEC championship game. This is going to be one of the first times that I can remember where we're going into this kind of scenario where it's clearly Kirby Smart in Georgia that everyone considers to be, you know, better than Alabama, for sure, yeah. in this situation. So Nick's kind of in a different space here than usual. Yeah, I think he probably enjoys it. I mean, you know, guys like him, guys like Kirby know it doesn't matter once you kick it off, but it it doesn't matter to them. I think it very much does matter to players. So if your job is to get a 19-year-old kid ready to play, you use every bit of that you can. It's it's been effective since the beginning of time for a reason. Uh, The other thing is, you know, there's this recency bias with the dynamic between Saban and Smart because, like you said, the last time we saw them play – you see Jamison Williams, Williams go down, and, and Georgia ends up winning the game in Indianapolis. Uh, but Saban's four and one against him. Saban, do you realize Saban's never lost in Mercedes-Benz Stadium? He's like seven and zero there, so they've been really good. And it is a program. I don't care what they did last week. That's a program that is built to face Georgia. Georgia is a program built to face Bama. Both those staffs are intimately familiar with each other. They recruit against each other. Like that is a war every time he gets played. Who is uh, – we'll let you go. One more. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, Jaden Daniels is mine. I think the actual guy who wins it will probably be the guy who wins the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow night if that guy has a big performance and it's not done in spite of him, which I would imagine would have to be the case. So I'm actually leaning Bo Nix. My personal vote would go to Jaden Daniels. Yeah, me too. I was there Saturday. The kid is just electric. He just so – I don't know if it's going to translate how much he runs the ball and how much he uses his legs in the NFL, but he is the, he's the best player in college football this year. He has been fantastic. They're going to hold the losses against him, Josh, and that was all because of LSU's defense. 
just a quick note here. Talk to someone uh, with one of the sports books this morning. Do you realize three loss LSU would be a point spread favorite against undefeated Washington if they played today in neutral field? Wow. It's funny. I'm looking at Sagarin ratings right now at uh, some of the, because I, I still think Jeff Sagarin's numbers are really intriguing. And, uh, you know, he's got some interesting numbers as well. I think he's, I'll have to look here, but I think he's got, I think he's got LSU ahead of, LSU 9 in the Sagarin ratings. And who did you say? Washington. Washington. And Sagarin ratings have them 13th. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. FSU and Washington outside the top 10 right now. So I, I well, Yeah, with... they've got FSU 12th yep. in here. Yeah. they got Kansas State 11. they got Notre Dame. And how do you still have Oklahoma up there? Yeah. I don't know. Oklahoma and Notre Dame just ended up being really good teams, but they're not in the playoff picture, but they're not terrible, and they just kind of float in that in-between world. Yeah. That's Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh. Uh, must follow on Twitter. Josh, as always, man, we appreciate it. Have fun uh, this week, and let's wrap it up next week. All right, appreciate it, guys. Uh, Josh Pate, right here, Thursdays on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. And hey, you want to bet on these games? Well, do you have a bookie? No, I got one for you. Mybookie.ag promo code bet nine seven five. It's the best play to, place to play. Easiest to na- it's it's so easy to navigate. If you've never been on a bookie website before, uh, you don't know how to do it. It's easy. It is simple. Mybookie.ag promo code bet nine seven five is here for you and everything that you could possibly need. You like the casino gamble? Well, how about you? Know, I don't trust the. How about do you trust a live dealer that you're watching deal the cards? Because that's what's happening at the casino in my bookie. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag promo code bet nine seven five and get on. They got great bonuses for you. Ever they got incentives, uh, different uh, great ways to bet on games. They've got a where you can get get out early on a parlay where you can cash out early on your bonus. It's 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 really a fantastic site. If you're looking for a great place to win, bet, win, and get paid, it's mybookie.ag promo code bet nine seven five. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. The Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios is currently nestled in the River House at East River Nine, a perfect place to observe the trench. Through the trench with John and Lance. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I got a quick segment here. I got a quick topic. Is Aaron Rodgers really going to come back and play? Yeah, I guess so. He's out there throwing. This can't be. It cannot have been. Science, Lance. It cannot have been an actual. Maybe he was right all along with science. Okay. It cannot have been an Achilles injury. Like, like we, th- he cannot have torn his Achilles. Well, whatever it is, when has this ever happened had, in the history of the universe? Never. Where somebody came back like this from an Achilles, from an Achilles tear. There's no way. Apparently, well, whatever procedure it is, that dude's rich. Okay, because if you can come back this quick with that procedure, then guess what? Yeah, he that dude is. He never has to. I've work seen again. his name. He's the one, Doctor L something. He also does shoulders. Um, he's considered the – like James Andrews was the guy. Well, yeah. this is the new guy. Well, yeah. we have to take into account Aaron Rodgers hasn't stepped foot on MetLife turf since. So, at least yeah. in, in a competitive way. So, this, this doctor's stuff. surgeries, this new surgery that has got Aaron Rodgers back into practice, at least limitedly, in a limited fashion, we gotta we got to put that up against the MetLife turf and see who wins. Then I will give him all the praise. Because if his surgery can beat the MetLife turf – then we might have something. By the here. way, the Jets have no chance of getting in the the playoffs. I mean, they have the, to basically win out. Well, by the yeah, by the time it gets back, they'll probably be 
eliminated. At best five, why would you bring four it and back? eight or whatever? Would so this is about play? a third of the time that it takes. What is Lance McCullers like three or four times longer? Than usual. Well, we know Lance didn't get the surgery immediately because he wanted to try to rehab it, so that affects it. Now we we found out that it's worse than it was. At least he found out after the surgery it was worse than was suspected, so that's why he's out longer. We're looking at July or August, gentlemen. Oh, I'm trying if that. I know we got oh, just unbelievable, unbelievable how uh, this and 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 Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year, and Lance McCullers is two years out. A three, well, a three or four well, years. How long has eight, it been? He played eight regular I mean, honestly, season. He played eight regular season games last year. Oh, that's year. right. Not this last year, but the year before. The year before. And then he played postseason, but that was it. He yeah. didn't come back. He didn't yeah. come back until August, remember? Yeah. No, 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 I remember. All right, uh, when we come back, this Denver game is kind of a big deal. So we will talk, we'll hear from D'Amico about what Denver is doing and why they're so good. Next, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sorry for the short segment, but we went really, really long with our man. You have got to talk a little QC Kinetics. Well, because QC Kinetics is a game changer. QC Kinetics gives you the opportunity to, um, to fight back against, you know, frankly, some of the aging process when it comes to the joints in your body, your hip, your knee. I know you may have some hip pain, some knee pain. Joint pain of any kind is going to be traced to that inflammation. And where does that come from? Well, it comes from, you know, you have the issues with uh, wearing away tissue or tissue that's completely gone there. Did you know that QC Kinetics can restore and regenerate tissue? can restore damaged tissue, regenerate new tissue, and that's where the inflammation subsides and that chronic pain becomes a thing of the past. Wouldn't you love to get rid of the chronic pain? You may be taking aspirin on a regular basis, a leave. Maybe you're taking harder drugs to get through it. Uh, maybe you're just trying to cope with the pain and it's really diminishing your the quality of your life. You don't have to do that. QC Kinetics is waiting for your phone call. No drugs. No surgery that requires downtime and no shots. This is an all-natural biological therapy that is incredibly successful. You can read up on it all you like. QC Kinetics has four locations in Houston, so you can take advantage of the thing that they do and do well, which is getting you back to being the real you. It's QCKinetics.com. ESPN 97.5.com on the Chase Long. I've got a Chase Long in my dressing room. 